Welcome to 502 Conversations. I'm Brian Kirby. My guest today is Rob Palmer, otherwise known as the well-known skeptic. Welcome, Rob. I have a brief bio on you. If you don't mind, I'll start there. Right. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Rob is a former spacecraft designer, aerospace project engineer, and a software programmer and engineer. A former believer in biorhythms, ancient aliens, ESP, and all kinds of pseudoscientific nonsense, he is now the eponymous author of the Skeptical Inquirer column, The Well-Known Skeptic, in which he writes book reviews, conducts interviews with skeptics and public figures, and investigates such topics as psychics and psychic fraud, and the purported sonic attacks on U.S. diplomats. Anything else you'd like to bring into that? Oh, you really looked into uh, into the uh, articles they've written also for uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, so the the book, the Gorilla Skeptics in Wikipedia is a big thing, and that's what got me into writing for uh, Skeptical Inquirer. And and the sonic attacks was one of the uh, articles I worked heavily on for Wikipedia, and then wound up interviewing uh, Robert Bartholomew, who's an expert on psychogenic illness and mass hallucinations, and. Uh, you know, got him to tell me his take on it, which was very different from the U.S. government, uh, what was coming out. And, and that wound up being added to Wikipedia. So that's really a, a cool synergy. And that's, we may speak about that um, in a bit, but that's basically, it's come back up in the news again, actually, I think. so. Yes, it has. In fact, I, I have some uh, information that I've asked the team, Grill Skeptics, to uh, add to the page because there is new stuff. Right now, I want to concentrate on your what's the harm work. And if you don't mind, I'm going to say it's an informal tip of the iceberg analysis of the various kinds of harm perpetrated by psychic fraud. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, so it's, it's hard to get uh, concrete, objective evidence on this because there aren't surveys of this sort of thing. I mean, there's some data, but it's perhaps not the most reliable because... Uh, some of it's coming from, like, uh, it's called the American Federation of Certified uh, Psychics and Mediums, uh, and they collect information on this sort of thing. But, you know, uh, it's not in their best interest to tell the whole truth about the harm that, that their members do, because they don't think they're doing any harm in general. Uh, and, and the rest of it is anecdotal evidence, but it's information from uh, the person we'll talk about, which is a, a psychic fraud private eye who is in the you know, deep in this, this is what he does with his career now. And he helps victims of these crimes, uh, you know, try to get justice. Before we talk about the specific kinds of harm, I just want to briefly give a layman's definition of skeptic, um, because you are a skeptic about this, as many people are. And, but what I want to define that is, and you can take, or, take away or add to this anything that you want, but I'll just put forth simply a skeptic is one that evaluates the evidence and looks at the justifications for the evidence before making a decision on what to believe or what is more likely to be true. And I must say, when it comes to psychic claims, the evidence is astoundingly lacking under controlled conditions um, to which the psychic has agreed in advance would not impede a demonstration of their abilities. No one has demonstrated psychic abilities. And many have been evaluated and a skeptic, I mean, it's not a debunker, it's an investigator. And I mean, it would turn science on its head if someone could prove this, and we'd all like to know it. So it's an investigation, not a debunking, as some people would say. Is that fair? Yeah, that is one of the things I've pointed out. Uh, mostly I give my presentation on this, this issue to skeptic groups, but a few times I've done it 
to humanist groups. And, and the Venn diagram of the people who attend and are members of humanist groups and skeptics groups don't completely overlap. So uh, I, I, when I'm at the humanist group and talking about this, I have to explain how we know that psychic claims are not have not been verified. Uh, when I talk about it at PsyCon, I didn't have to do that. But yes, I, th I think that's fair. I'm going to ask a question that I'll circle back to because we're going to talk about some pretty big fraud here. But let me just ask this question, and I'll come back to it at the end. Don't answer it now. Before we get to the large scams, I want to talk about what most people think about going to a psychic or a medium. You know, what's the harm? You spend a few bucks and you feel better. You find out that your sister still loves you and that she's at peace in the afterlife. And if it makes them feel better, what's the harm? I'll say that, but don't answer the question yet. Talk to me about some of the cases and incidents of fraud that you've written about. What are the, what are the cons that people are being convinced of here? Yeah, so in most cases, people go to a psychic or and or a medium, a fortune teller, palm reader, whatever you want to call it, um, for information, for support, because they're, they're vulnerable in their lives about something. Uh, largely, it's about relationship issues. It could be uh, financial issues, health issues. And basically, the person who they go to, if they're a con artist, and I want to take them for more than just you know $100 for a reading, um, they can latch onto them and take them and have for their life savings. Because they'll do some sort of a magic trick, or some they'll give them some bit of information, which convinces the mark that they, in fact, have supernatural abilities and then have access to maybe their loved one's soul. And once you've convinced somebody of that, it's very hard to, you know, have them stop. It, they'll do anything that person says to, to help them keep connecting with their loved one. Or in a lot, a lot of cases, what happens here is uh, the person will claim there is a, um, a curse on them. Or their family. So wait, when you say and the person will claim, you mean the 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 psychic? Will yeah, the claim psychic, that the, the fortune the teller, the medium, whatever. You're right. The, the con artist will tell them there's there's a curse on them, and and they're they're in jeopardy, and sometimes it's their entire family, um, and and so in order to help them, you know, you just have to pay me some money, and I'll I'll get this off of you, and and this has resulted in you know horrendous financial damage to people's lives. I want to ask about it. It's 2021, okay? I'm going to play devil's advocate here, all right? This isn't necessarily the way I feel, but I want to just say it because this is something we may hear, all right? I'm too smart to be conned, and those suckers that are conned, they deserve what they get, right? If grandma gave her life savings to a psychic, you know, I feel bad about it, but that's her problem. I'm a professional. I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a police officer, a professor. I can't get conned. It's, you know, it's your own fault. Yeah, so the uh, private eye who I, I've come to know who investigates these sorts of things, uh, I got a quote from him, and his, it was, I'll read it, it doesn't matter if you're a college professor, it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, it doesn't matter if you're a medical doctor. You're on their territory, and they know how to take advantage of that. And, you know, extrapolating, these people, they sell, it, it, the cases are of psychological manipulation, under the guise of assistance, and they're selling false hope to these people. And anyone who's in that situation, um, if if they're in the least bit gullible, I'll use the word, or you know they, they've never been taught that this isn't a real thing, uh, they're vulnerable to this. And it, it does not really matter your your education. Um, the detective told me that he had one case 
of somebody who called him, told him he would rip, he was ripped off for a quarter of a million dollars, but didn't want to pursue it legally. He just wanted um, the detective to know about it, to watch this, this uh, psychic, uh, you know, to see if, if anyone else was caught and then maybe they could prosecute using another victim because the $250,000 he lost wasn't worth to him as much as his reputation at his university. You know, he couldn't go back and say, yeah, I was, I, I was scammed for that amount of money by somebody who didn't even go to high school. And I'm, you said university, so I take it this must be a faculty member or professor at some university. It's just yes. too embarrassed to... You mentioned a quarter of a million dollars. Let's talk about the financial harm, because now we're beyond the $100 for a reading or a, yeah, yeah. a cocktail party. So what are some examples of the financial harm here? So, yeah, people have lost their life savings. Uh, and that, you know, to some people, that's a few thousand dollars. Some people, it's tens of thousands. And some people, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions, literally. Um, so the the... American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums admits to this type of thing $200 million in a year. Um, tiny, tiny bit of reality that has to be. Because as I mentioned, they wouldn't have known about the quarter million taken from that professor because he didn't report it to anybody. And in most cases, it might not even be their members and most of them aren't going to get reported. So, I mean, amounts range from tens of thousands, as I said, to, to, to weigh. I'll give you one of the larger numbers. Um, there was, there was a person who was in the United States, a, a woman going to medical school. She was from Brazil. She met Sherry Tina Uwanowicz. And that person said a witch had placed a curse on not only her, but her entire family. And, you know, she detected this and she would need to, she, she's the one who could help her. And um, this went on for seven years. So wait one second, let me get this straight. So this medical student from Brazil met Sherry... Tina Yuanovich. Who is the psychic. That's, well, claimed psychic, okay. yes. So Sherry told this Brazilian medical student. I just got lost in the this person told that person. Yeah, okay. yeah. Now we have it yeah, straight. Yeah, she told the medical student that there was a curse on her and her entire family, and, you know, she was in grave danger, and that only she herself, Yuanovich, could prevent all of them from coming to harm. And I don't know what magic she trick she performed to convince uh, the, the, the student uh, that that was, you know, uh, a viable reality, but she did, and she convinced her of this. And so, all right, going to medical school, not so much of a dummy, right? Seven years this went on, and the take was $1.6 million. And that money came from selling her house. Her parents or some died. She got an inheritance. She gave that to her. She quit medical school and became an exotic dancer because they make a lot more money to continue to pay the, uh, the psychic, $1.6 million. So she fell deep over oh, yeah. seven years? So yeah. I don't yeah, know how much- Long-term can... things are not unusual at all. I don't know how much more you can tell me about that case, but did she uh, drift in and out of it so that she maybe tried to pull back from it and say, or did she tell her yeah, family? I don't, well? know, I don't know those details, Brian. Okay. Um, so the, the last thing I'll say is that the psychic was sentenced to uh, 40 months in uh, prison and ordered to pay restitution. So the thing there is it's, it's extremely unusual for them to get a sentence to anything, even in fact arrested or prosecuted. So this was unusual. This was because the detective, Bob Nygaard, this was one of his cases that he worked to help the victim. Um, and I don't know if she 
spent all 40 months in prison. She might have got out for good behavior, too. But the, the paid restitution on that is a joke because the problem is, especially over a long period of time, when money like that is collected by these people, they don't stick it in their bank account. They give it to their friends and relatives and it's gone. Like, the, you know, the courts can't get it back. Speak to me a little bit, if you can, about uh, the toll that's on family members, because I don't know if this is done in isolation or if sometimes family members get wind of what's going on and they try and intercede, but the con artist can berate the victim into continuing. I mean, how does this go on for years like that? Do you have any examples of things like that? Well, what I do know about that is in, uh, for the most part, the victims are told not to tell anybody what's going on. And that's one of the reasons it could continue, right? Without being, with the person not being talked out of it. Uh, and it's like a cult in that regard. You know, they're, they're basically told, if you tell anybody about this, I won't be able to help you, or this, you know, my help will, will not work anymore. And in the large part, these people do, do fall for that. Uh, and so, you know, I, I can imagine sometimes that, that confidence is broken, but it seems in a large part for these large sums of money, the people, you know, go with that and, and they, they don't tell other people in their lives what's going on. When you were writing about these, I don't know how far you get into it, but do you know how they keep them hooked so long? I mean, you think that seven years to lift a curse is a long time. So if I say, you know, if you give me $3,000, I can lift this curse. How does that turn into $1.6 I mean, why is there's no end game? <laughs> yeah, it's, when you're on the uh, our side of it, it seems ridiculous. But it is when you have been convinced that your 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 life or your mortal immortal soul is in jeopardy, uh, it, it's it's hard to get out of it. Oh, so another example, and I don't know how much money this was because it's not a case I wrote about, but I remember uh, being told about this case. And this tells the evil that's in these people, uh, the con artists. I mean. Um, a woman had gone in because she had had uh, a miscarriage and she was pregnant again. And she was really concerned that that would happen again. So the psychic told her, oh, yes, you have bad energy and that's why that happened. And you'll have to continue to pay me. So until you have good birth to make sure that it's, it's a healthy baby. And then somewhere in the midst of that. And by the way, I'm in contact with the soul of the fetus that didn't survive. And it's in some kind of limbo purgatory burning. And the only way it will get out is if you continue to work with me in this other way and give me more money. I, I'll say that I'm not, I'm not sure it seems um, ridiculous to me only because I've been, I've been fantastically wrong about some things before. <laughs> so I, I, I do sympathize if someone gets their, you know, if a psychic gets their meat hooks into someone that I'll say is susceptible as opposed to gullible because there has to be something going on to make someone susceptible, something emotional, like you're saying, a miscarriage, and a, a, a pregnancy. I mean, I can't think of anything more horrible, though, than to take advantage of someone like that in those... These people have no conscience. It's, it's unbelievable. When we're talking about that kind of thing, do you have any more specific examples? I, I think there's a case, I don't know if you can speak about this, but we had a case right here in Massachusetts. Not for those sums of money, but we were talking tens of thousands of dollars, and it was prosecuted. Do you recall that one? Uh, Tracy... Milanovich, if I'm saying her name right. Yeah, that was last, just last year. Well, now it's two years ago, 2019. December 2019. I remember that one. Yeah, I presented on that one. Uh, that was a fairly low amount of money comparatively to these millions, but still $70,000 from a woman, and that could have been her life savings. Uh, and that was just bizarre because she told her daughter, she told the client that the client's daughter was possessed by a demon. So again, we get the supernatural stuff that like curses demons. And the thing here was that that uh, Milo Luanowicz could could get purchase, I think she used the word, purchase her daughter's soul back. Uh, 
you know, if, if she spent a lot of money on, on, on incantations and whatever. And the really weird thing, which was she was going to relocate the demon, take it out of her daughter and stick it in a Barbie doll. And that, that was here in Massachusetts just to bring it home right here. But these are yes. all up and these are all over the country. Um, all over. Yeah, all over the country. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably all over the world. The ones that I'm more familiar with are the cases that the detective I've worked with, Bob Nygaard, uh, you know, has worked. And he's an American, so he works on uh, cases that are the regular. Though he gets calls from all over the world now that he's known for doing this. And he can't help. It's, it's really sad. He tells me he gets four or five calls like this a day people at reaching out to him for support and he's not in an agency or anything. It's just him. You know, his time is limited. He's done, I think the number off the top of my head was 40 cases in a decade where he's gotten the, you know, justice for the victims in some regard. The, the number must be, you know, orders of magnitude larger than that, that these people uh, get ripped off, don't know who to call. Cause part of the problem, we haven't talked about this is the legal system is atrocious with this. If you leave your car running and you go into a 7-Eleven to, you know, get a coffee because it's going to be two minutes, you think it's a safe neighborhood and you come out and your car has gone because teenagers drove away in it. And then you reported that. Nobody would say, oh, you know, nobody in the police department would say, well, you're stupid. We're not going to investigate and, and bring those people to, to, to uh, justice for you because you were stupid or gullible that you shouldn't have done that. It, it's a felony. It's a car theft, right? And there are laws on the books about this kind of stuff with, with fraud, uh, with, with psychics, but people do get left at. It's like, you gave your money to them. Why, why should we help you? You know, nobody had a gun to your head. Bob tells me that's a quote all the time. So you can go into a police pre precinct and try to do it. And you right at the bat, you might get stopped right there. And then if you happen to get uh, a police officer who will make a case and, and, and then that goes to the next level, they have to arrest the person. Now you need a prosecuting attorney that's going to bother to try the case when they have other things to do. And they also think you're gullible and stupid and maybe deserved it. So, the, you know, the amount of people who fall for this and then don't get justice is is through the roof. And that's one of the little known things here. But the psychics all know it. You know, they know that's a thing they can take advantage of. It's a very low likelihood that if they rip somebody off, they're going to get stopped or caught. And by the way, if they are. The most common thing that happens is, oh, okay, you got me. I'll give the money back. Okay, they make a plea bargain and they go free. And well, guess what they're going to do? They ain't, they ain't going to go legit and go, you know, get get another job. They're going to still do that because that's all they know how to do. When you're talking about it, I think you said earlier in the conversation that according to what was it, the American Psychic Association of Mediums, that they, Amer they know American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums. They admit to two hundred million dollars a year. Um, yeah, in psychic well, that was fraud? 20, 2011, so already a decade uh, ago, yeah. So these amounts that are, then this is just in the United States, I assume, that they keep track of. So that those amounts are just here, and that's all these cases adding up over time. Is yeah, this... I don't even think it's all these cases. I, I, I don't know where they would have gotten that, right? Because like most of the people, they this organization wouldn't even know about this. When you're writing about it or talking to Bob Nygaard, is there any organization behind this? Or is this all like one-off storefront psychics? Or is it part of a larger organization? Well, Bob tells me it's, it's largely in the United States from uh, a community of people from a particular country in Europe. Who, who tend to do this as a as families. It's essentially organized crime. Um, 
of, of a kind of odd way because it's 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 not the typical thing you think where there's a godfather or whatever but it's just families do this for it's what they do the women do this the men do he says other kinds of scams which is like i don't know you know fake roofers or driveway repair or pavers uh but but they get they get into this as families and it's it's all they know how to do and from the psychic perspective he says grandmothers teach the mothers and the mothers teach their daughters and they don't go to school and this is what they do I want to ask about um, something that comes up. Maybe you can, maybe you can't answer it because you've written about it quite a bit. But has any impression been made on you about the psycho? I'm sorry, the psychological harm uh, of the victims once they, from the realization that they've been conned, or that their grief has been used against them, or that their loneliness? Because sometimes it's a lonely heart scam too. Yeah, yeah. Bob Nagard works those sorts of things too, to a lesser degree. Uh, that is true. Um, yeah, I haven't dealt so much with with the let's say, psychological and non-objective, uh, more subjective parts of this, because other people talk about that. Susan Gerbic uh, calls these people, and not only these people who are doing the giant scams, but anyone who pretends to be a medium or, or a psychic, uh, grief vampires. Uh, and, and she writes extensively in Skeptical Inquirer regarding the harm that these people do to people's psychologies when, when they do realize. And I've seen people reach out to Susan. She, she, she shares these with people who have, in fact, realized that they were taken by, uh, by people who claim to be mediums and, uh, you know, and care about them and uh, put them in touch with their, their relatives. And then once they figure out that they're, they're con artists, you know, they're, they are quite devastated. So you just mentioned grief vampires. Um, how do you think about the smaller scams, such as the person who just pays $100 or so every once in a while to get a message from a dead relative to you know, appease their conscience if they left on bad terms or something? Yeah, so one of the reasons that I, I've taken up to writing about this and speaking about it at conferences and such is because I feel people do not realize the level of danger they're in by just doing that. Because um, the problem here is if you believe that this is a this is a reality that that human beings can do this, so they have supernatural abilities to connect with the afterlife or you know to, to see the future, that sort of a thing, then you're leaving yourself open to falling victims to one of these people. So yeah, you, you can get lucky and and never hit one of these people who will take you for your life savings, but on the other hand by having that belief structure, it's much more likely than the average person that you will be, in fact, uh, full victim to these people. And, and I've told you know, people in my personal life this. They, almost everyone I know believes that psychics are real. And in fact, if you do a, um, well, not everyone I know in the skeptic community, everyone I know in, my, uh, in real life, as they say, in my uh, you know, professional job or whatever, and they think I'm crazy that I don't believe this. And, and most of it's, oh, no, my friend is psychic. I know some people can do it. No, all right, all right, I know there are con artists out there, but some people can do it. So, but once you think that, then all you need to do is walk into a storefront and, you know, Madame Maria does a magic trick or pulls out a, a name out of her uh, rear end and it happens to be your ex-husband's name. And now you're convinced. And then they can do anything they want to you, right? Because they can say things like, yes, you're, you had a, you had an, um, a miscarriage and that, that, that soul is burning in purgatory and I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. And then you're bankrupted. So that, that's the problem I have with just going in as a, you know, a matter of, oh, it's, it's, it's good entertainment. I'll spend $100 and, and see what happens. And by the way, even when people don't lose their life savings on this, the, the amount of money that people lose is, is absolutely astounding. Um, 
So I talked about this at SciCon, I think, or maybe it was another presentation, but in this is two, 2015 data. If you, if you, I have a chart which shows if you spent $1,000 in a year on PsychX, right? Uh, how many men versus women did that? Well, interestingly, it's a six to one ratio there. 785,000 women in the survey admitted to that, 125,000 men spending $1,000. Now we'll ask how many spent $10,000 on psychics? Now you're getting serious here, right? All right, 285,000 women, only 325 men. Not 325,000, 325. Wait, wait, did you just say 285,000 women spent $10,000 in correct. one year? That's correct. And that was, again, data from the American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums. So that's their own data, which I would also think is an undercount. Because I don't think that agency, not that I'm accusing anyone that the IRS should look at it, but I would doubt that, you know, any people that get paid in cash report this money to the Federation. It's probably credit card charges. We've been talking about these really big scams, okay? And then we also talked about the person that pays 100 bucks or whatever at a cocktail party or a wedding or not a wedding, but a shower or something for entertainment. But also um, in some of the reading about psychics, there are people that are called shut eyes. The psychic actually believes they have a power. So they're not all specifically, I, I guess it's hard to say this, they're not all specifically cons, so to speak. So do you have any, I don't know if the word sympathy, how do you relate to the person that actually has been told they have a gift and they're somehow very intuitive? Um, and again, this can be someone very smart, like um, Ray Hyman at one point thought that he could read palms until somebody said, you know, just tell them the opposite of what you're thinking and see how well that works out. Same results, people still believed. So, you know, and he's a cognitive or a behavioral psychologist. So how do you feel about the shut eyes? Yeah, so it's interesting. I've had that conversation with Mark Edward, who uh, is, he wrote the book um, Psychic Blues. about Psychic Blues, right? Confessions of a Conflicted Medium. He was one of the, you know, the, the uh, big performers on the Psychic Friends Network, uh, had risen in the ranks. They, they were going to make, you know, him part of TV show for that network. Um, and, you know, he, he said it was very intoxicating and, and he, and he could have even felt like, yeah, he was really doing it because people would, would, he's just doing cold reading, but people would call in and you change my life and you saved my life. So it, it clearly is an intoxicating feeling. And I, and I, I, yes, I do think there are people like that. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. I met two people like that, uh, at Kenny Biddle's house. So Kenny Biddle is a former ghost hunter. And now he's on uh, the skeptic side of the fence as a paranormal investigator of ghosts and other things like that, UFO claims. And he was going to give a presentation at SciCon, and he invited me to his house to do a dry run. And because he still has uh, friends in his former, uh, you know, uh, field of influence, uh, the, the other ghost hunters and psychics and stuff like that, he invited some of them too. So after the presentation, we sat and talked for, had to be an hour. And I got to talk to the first person I ever, you know, was in conversation with that believed they were a psychic medium. And the other one was a psychic. And they never charged money for it. They claimed they just did it for their friends. It just comes to them sometimes. And they just try to help people out. You know, I have no reason to believe they were, you know, conning me. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's one of those things. If you're good enough at the intuitive part of it, where you can, you know, get from people's reactions and emotions and what they say, uh, you know, information and feed it back to them or go further and make a good guess, then it could, in fact, because of confirmation bias, convince you that you, in fact, have those abilities. Yeah. But clearly the people who are talking 
you know, people out of their life savings and give me all this money because I'm going to remove a curse or, you know, do not believe it. Well, I want to circle back just for a second because you mentioned um, not, not in your skeptic life, but in your professional life. Um, so you were an aerospace, you were a spacecraft designer. I imagine you worked with people that are highly educated engineers, software developers, um, NASA, PhDs. Um, so when you say people in my professional life, you mean people that you worked with at that level would? Yep, 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 yep. There's one person who, who t heard me talking to my uh, coworkers, who I sit closer to, that I was going to speak at SciCon on this topic, and she actually came out and accosted me on this with the line I gave before. Oh, no, I know psychics are real. My friend is psychic. And then, yeah. So, so, so I, I went through all the logic of it. How could that have happened, Rob? And then it, it came to the point of it would, what you said before, right? You could win a Nobel Prize. You could convince the world that the afterlife is real. Oh, she doesn't need to do that. She doesn't need the money. You know, it was all these excuses. It was like I told her about the million-dollar challenge, the $250,000 challenge. I just, oh, she doesn't need to prove herself, you know. Oh my, you know, she doesn't need the money. Really? You know, give it to a children's cancer fund. Are, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, that's such a lame excuse, but there's nothing that I could have said that could convince this woman that her friend was not a psychic, a medium. In fact, she talked to her grandmother. I think it's good that you relate that because of where you worked and it just emphasizes yeah. that anybody can be susceptible and let's, you know. Uh... By the way, Brian, anybody can be acceptable. I, I, some of these other people, a good number of them, not not the majority, I would say, but a good number of them believe the rapture is going to happen any week. You know, they homeschool their kids because of that. Um, other ones I know believe, I'm not exaggerating, that their aliens are in cahoots with the U.S. government and have bases on the moon, if not Mars, with uh, a secret space force, that astral projection is real, that dousing happens because they can do it. Yeah. So, so being, quote unquote, intelligent and having an advanced degree in anything does not uh, you know, help you actually be uh, in any way skeptical about these sorts of things. And if you're struggling emotionally in any way, loss of a spouse or a child, or you're lonely, that only increases your susceptibility, I guess, as you've spoken about here. Yeah, and, that, and the woman I was talking about, I, I tried to get her, because I had already written my paper on, uh, on what's the harm in believing in psychics, and I sent it to her, and she, oh, Rob, I wouldn't fall for that. It's like, yeah, you don't know you wouldn't fall for that. You're telling me you believe this is an ability that human beings have. You know, you can't say you wouldn't fall for that. Well, I guess one question I was going to sum up with, but I'm, I guess there's no answer to it, is that it's 2021, right? I mean, we know so much more about science, supposedly, and how we acquire knowledge and what reality is. I, I was going to ask, how do these cons still work? Um, but <laughs> I guess it's kind of been answered through this conversation. Yep. Yeah, uh, people are people. I mean, I say that a lot. It's like, you know, we're, we're, we're still largely regarding how our brain works the same we were on the African savanna. And uh, all we're subject to all the logical fallacies, uh, you know, that, that our ancestors from hundreds of thousands of years ago were. Uh, unless you trained yourself into understanding these things and cognitive biases, which skeptics know about and try to understand so we can prevent it you know, from falling into those traps ourselves. But generally, it's not something the general population knows about, and it's not taught in school. Um, you know, confirmation bias, of course, the big thing. People don't even understand when they're, when they're convincing themselves of something that's not true just because of that. 
and you just you just said it. Um, people, a lot of times we actually fool ourselves because we don't understand. We haven't been trained how to evaluate and think things through. So we convince yeah. ourselves, we fool ourselves. Yeah, and and there's also the whole aspect of, you know, as Fox Mulder said, uh, I want to believe. Yeah, you know, I, I one of my friends at the office, uh, I, I constantly would have discussions with him. Uh, in fact. I joked with him because he's so on that side of things and I was so on the other side that it would be cool to have a podcast. He said, he said, where, you know, it's just us talking, but he didn't want to do it uh, because I thought that would just be a, a fascinating look into a, a, a believer and, and a non-believer on these sorts of things. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it saddens me that people think this way and yet there seems to be no easy way to change it. Once uh, there's, a, there's a quote attributed to Mark Twain, which I've put up at these presentations on, on psychics. And I say attributed to, because it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the veracity of who said it isn't clear, but it's basically, uh, you know, it is easy, it's much easier to fool someone than to convince them that they have been fooled. And that's on any topic, psychics or anything. And, and one, so once you've convinced yourself it's true, and for some reason, you like the aspect of it. Now you want to believe it, as I said, Fox Mulder did. And it just becomes a difficult, a very difficult thing. Uh, so what we're saying is my friend said, Rob, if you convince me these things are not true, I have nothing to live for. And, and this wasn't even religion. This wasn't even, he's not a particularly religious person. Uh, this was just the fact of all the other woo he believes. I, you know, the, the real universe isn't good enough for him. It's, it's very strange. Well, I guess we can kind of leave it there, but I was hoping to ask, um, is there any progress being made in these numbers that you've looked at from 2011 to 2020 or however far back you've gone? Has there been an increase in prosecutions? Has there been a decrease in susceptibility? Do you have, is anything getting better? Yeah, I don't have the data, but I would, I would doubt it. And, and one, of the, one of the very bad things besides the death toll of the pandemic is that the whole psychic thing has moved online and it's even easier for them to make money. So somebody who would have to rent the hall and have uh, you know, a reading with 100 people now can for almost no money, I don't know how much a Zoom account is, but you know, char and they, they can charge people 40, 50 bucks and only paying for their monthly Zoom fee and, uh, and have you know, psychic and mediumship readings. And, and, we, and Susan and, and her team, including me, have been involved in sitting in on these. And it's a sad affair. These people are making even the people who don't rip people off for the life savings, just a hundred dollars a pop or whatever, uh, but they're making tons of money. So one of the scary things is, uh, and, I, and I put this chart up when I do the presentation and I always say, uh, please don't take this as career advice uh, because it, it, it's, it's again, data from the uh, American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums, how much these people make. And this is before the internet stuff you know, took hold fully because people moved online because of the pandemic and whatever. So according to that, that, that uh, organization, it's a $2 billion a year industry. Again, this is just credit card charges and the ones they know about, $2 billion in the United States. Uh, and this is old, old data too, again, 2015-ish. Uh, the average psychic, according to them, can make up to 150000 a year. And whatever they classify as reasonably successful, half a million. And, and the names you see on daytime television who've gotten that far, five million and up. All right. 
let's reiterate, don't take that as career advice. Please don't. Okay. And, and in fact, for skeptics, it would be so easy. We know what cold reading is. You know, you can learn to do it. You know hot reading. You know the gullibilities of people. It's, if I only didn't have a conscience. Do you, let me ask if you have any advice for someone that maybe knows somebody caught up in this. This is probably something you can't answer, but if you have a family member that you know is just oodling away money on this. I mean, what can someone from the outside do? Is there any interference? Is it like a cult where you have to drag them away? I mean, are, are they just so psychologically convinced that that's actually harmful? You know, people are individuals. Some people, I mean, there's a statement that I think even is attributed to James Randi, which you can't talk someone rationally out of some uh, a belief they got by irrational means. But then there's been pushback on that. I've heard atheists say that too. And uh, you know, not necessarily true because people have changed their minds on things like religion even uh, by being given evidence. So, yeah, some people would clearly be hopeless, but, it, you know, I wouldn't assume that. It definitely is worth it to try it. And one of the things to try is to show them about all this stuff. There are oodles of um, YouTube videos on how cold reading is done. Uh, the Holy Kool-Aid channel has a great series on it how they do hot readings, um, how people are taken advantage of by what looks like magic from psychics and fortune tellers. Uh, you can look up the Skeptical Inquirer articles written by Susan Gerbic and others that delve into details of you know readings that we've witnessed and we tell you how they were really done, that it's not a paranormal ability. Um, you know, Look up uh, Bob Nygaard's Wikipedia article, which I wrote and gives all these horrendous cases to give you an example of what goes on. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the things you could possibly do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely try it. I, I wouldn't give up on someone. Rob Palmer, the well-known skeptic. Um, if anybody wants more information about this, you can Google Rob Palmer, the well-known skeptic, um, Skeptical Inquirer, Center for Inquiry, James Randi, a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about, and I'll try and put some in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Rob, for being here today and talking me through some of this. Um, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome, and I was, uh, I'm was i very thankful that you were able to put me on to discuss this important topic. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome. 502 Conversations, I am Brian Kirby, and my guest today has been Rob Palmer, the well-known skeptic. Thank you very much.